0: Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan asset management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is September 18th, 2023. To tell the truth, I haven't done much hiking up mountains recently. I did scale a few minor peaks, years ago, when our sons were in Boy Scouts. However, it was always hot weather heading up, and between separating those young gentlemen who decided to fashion lightsabers from tree branches, and attempting to corral those whose first instinct was to chase into the woods after squirrels, it was a somewhat trying business. The reward for all, of course, was the view from the top, and it was always breathtaking. However, as you stood on the summit, Things would cool off pretty dramatically, and you had the sober knowledge that safely descending from the top is always a trickier proposition than getting there. In the week ahead, the Federal Reserve will report on their view from what should be the top of a tightening cycle. While we don't expect any further rate hike at this meeting, they will release a summary of economic projections, giving their updated perspective on the likely path for economic growth, unemployment and inflation. They'll also provide some indication on whether they intend to hike one more time before pausing, and how rapidly they intend to cut interest rates in 2024 and beyond. They may even adjust their perspective on where the federal funds rate should be in the long run. For investors, this will all be important information. However, it's also important to keep an eye on building pressures that have the potential to tip the economy into recession in 2024. While the Fed may plan for a very gentle decline in rates in the years ahead, there's a significant risk of an economic stumble that would precipitate much more rapid easing as we descend on the other side of the tightening mountain. The Fed releases a summary of the economic projections of FOMC participants four times a year, in March, June, September and December. In June of this year, they estimated fourth quarter year-over-year real GDP growth of 1.0% in 2023, 1.1% in 2024, 1.8% in 2025 and 1.8% in the long run. This week they will very likely upgrade their estimates for growth in 2023. The reason straightforward. The economy has proven much more resilient than they thought at the start of the year. Indeed, the Atlanta Fed GDP Now model projects 4.9% annualized growth for the third quarter. If this were to transpire and real GDP growth for the fourth quarter was a trend like 1.8% annualized, the year-over-year GDP growth rate would be 2.7% in the fourth quarter. Even with the less exuberant gains that we expect for the third and fourth quarters of 4.1% and 1.6% respectively, fourth quarter year-over-year real GDP growth would be at 2.4%, far above the Fed's current projections. Consequently, we expect the Fed to upgrade their growth projections for this year, and possibly for 2024, reflecting the resilience of business-fixed investment and consumer spending in the face of higher interest rates. However, they are unlikely to to boost their forecast of 1.8% real growth in the long run, given that the economy has seen only mediocre long-run productivity growth, is starting from a position of full employment, and is still facing very slow growth in the working-age population. In June, the Fed projected that the unemployment rate would be 4.1% in the fourth quarter of this year, rise to 4.5% at the end of both 2024 and 2025, and then drift down to 4.0% in the long run. This Wednesday, they will likely cut their near term estimates. While the unemployment rate did rise to 3.8% in August from 3.5% in July, this reflected a huge 736,000 increase in the volatile labour force series that could easily be partly reversed in September. More important, weekly unemployment claims data show a downtrend in new claims and very steady continuing claims in recent weeks. Given strong GDP growth in recent quarters, and a continued, although diminishing, overhang of excess job openings, payroll job growth should remain strong enough to keep the unemployment rate below 4% through the end of this year and into 2024. Thereafter, the path on unemployment will depend on how long the economy can avoid recession, the population aged 18 to 64 is currently growing at a slow 0.5% annualised rate. Even if the labour force grew at double this pace, the economy would only need to add 130,000 payroll jobs per month to hold the unemployment rate constant. Even slow economic growth should be enough to achieve this. If, however, the economy were to stumble into recession, history suggests that the unemployment rate would quickly vault over the Fed's current forecast. We don't expect any change in the Fed's long-term view that a 4% unemployment rate is consistent with stable inflation. It's worth noting that year-over-year wage growth has fallen steadily since March 2022, despite the fact the unemployment rate has been below 4% since the end of 2021. However, Fed officials will likely think it too early to shift the perspective from the appropriate long-run unemployment rate. The Fed may also cut their estimates on inflation, Looking at their key target measure of year-over-year headline PCE inflation, they're currently projecting 3.2% for the fourth quarter of 2023, 2.5% for the fourth quarter of 2024, 2.1% for the fourth quarter of 2025, and their gold standard of 2.0% in the long run. Prior to the last few weeks, it looked like the first of these numbers was too high. The recent backup in energy prices makes this a close call. We currently expect a 3.1% gain. However, by the fourth quarter of 2024, we expected just a 1.5% year-over-year increase. By then, even in the absence of a recession, shelter inflation should have seen a major decline, reflecting a recent stalling out in rent increases. In addition, we expect that recently red-hot inflation in auto insurance and maintenance will have fallen due to a flat declining new and used car prices. Moreover, any surge in energy prices that boosts year-over-year inflation in the fourth quarter of 2023 could cut it in 2024 if, as is typical, the energy price surge proves temporary. Provided FOMC members are looking at some of the same trends, they could well reduce their inflation forecast for the fourth quarter of 2024 from its current 2.5%. Doing so, of course, would seriously undercut the argument for any further Fed tightening. And then there are the dots. As of June, FOMC participants were anticipating ending this year with a federal funds rate of between 5.5% and 5.75%, with one percent in rate cuts during twenty twenty four and one and a quarter percent in rate cuts over the course of twenty twenty five, and a long run federal funds rate of two point five percent. Given that the current federal funds rate is between five and a quarter and five and a half percent, the June forecast implies one last rate hike before the end of the year. I believe that the balance of risks facing the Fed strongly suggests that this would be a mistake. However, it must be said that 12 of the 18 FOMC participants at the June meeting expected this additional rate hike, so it would take at least three of them change their minds to remove it from the forecast. Futures markets are currently pricing in virtually no chance of rate hike this week, but still a roughly 50% shot of one more rate hike before the end of the year. We expect that FOMC participants will still leave this hike in their forecasts, while watching both economic data and unfolding events to assess risks from here. Finally, while FOMC participants may not alter the projections of the federal funds rate for the end of this year or the next few years, they may well raise their assessment of the appropriate federal funds rate for the long run. This projection of an appropriate long-run federal funds rate, sometimes called R-star, was introduced as part of the Summary of Economic Projections back in 2012 and pegged at that time at a rate of four and quarter percent In the years that followed, a consistent failure to raise inflation to the Fed's 2% objective led FOMC participants to conclude that R-Star was too high and needed to be cut. Over the years, they chipped away at it, and in June 2019, they cut it to 2.5% where it has stayed ever since. From the Fed's perspective, this is now surely too low. In the 50 years before the financial crisis, the real federal funds rate, measured as the nominal rate minus year-over-year core CPI inflation, averaged 1.8%. Using the Fed's preferred consumption deflator series, it was over 2%. However, the Fed's current long-term projections suggest a real rate of just half a percent. The FOMC will likely raise this number, possibly at this week's meeting and at subsequent meetings. While this may not seem important today, it will provide an important benchmark for the extent of monetary easing that the Fed would likely consent to in the absence of a recession. Fed messaging this week will likely continue to sound hawkish with one remaining rate hike still penciled in for this year and the prospect of only very slow easing over the next two years. However, Fed officials like investors must be aware of an unusual number of headwinds to the current economic expansion. It's impossible at this stage to assess the impact of the auto worker strike on the US economy. However, if it drags on for weeks or months and results in the shutdown of a large chunk of US auto production, it could clearly do some very serious damage. In addition, with two weeks to go in the fiscal year, there's the threat of a federal government shutdown that could also damage economic activity and sentiment. Federal student loan payments will resume next month, which will further squeeze consumers who are already dealing with the consequences of higher gasoline prices and higher interest payments on credit card debt and variable rate loans. Finally, there's the impact of higher interest rates and tighter credit standards on small businesses, as well as the lagged effects of these higher rates on loans that need to be refinanced. All of this will increasingly drag on the US economy in the months ahead, to an extent that is very hard to assess. While the Fed this week may congratulate itself on ascending to the top of the tightening mountain without mishap, the risks of recession grow from here. Moreover, any rate cuts implemented in the face of recession would almost certainly be ineffective, prompting further monetary easing. For investors, while 2023 has seen more solid growth than expected, the risk of recession is growing. Consequently, it makes sense to be well diversified, with a relatively defensive position across equities and extending duration within fixed income, as risk of an economic stumble grows on the descent from the mountain of monetary tightening. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. JP Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of JPMorgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.